This is Bet MGM Tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. Let's go, Kansas State. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gutekind sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvath, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. No Trista Crick, no Nick Ashew, but it is Ryan Horvath and P.J. Glasser holding it down tonight. We are not live from Washington, D.C. I'm in Maryland. P.J. is in Virginia, where he cannot bet on Virginia or Virginia Tech, which I think is just brutal it's like when i wanted to bet illinois in the ncaa tournament this actually saved me peach i never told you this story it was the team with kofi uh with io and i really like that team they end up losing yeah. um to Lyola to the big uh, polish kid and sister Jean. they end up knocking him out of the tournament Camp I wanted to bet, yeah i wanted to bet all the illinois futures but i couldn't do so legally in illinois so i stayed away and it actually uh saved me we got a ton of college basketball to talk about tonight We're going to talk some NFL. The NBA, I'm told, returns tomorrow night. So we'll talk a little bit about that. I actually placed a bet for tomorrow night in the NBA. Uh, Spoiler alert, maybe on my squad. I did too. Uh, Not on your squad, on another squad. We'll get into that, though. But I placed a rare regular season NBA bet as well. Yeah, I kind of like like post-All-Star game. There's a couple spots that I usually like for like a week or two. And then I... Take it easy until we get to the playoffs. Uh, Coming up tonight, in about 20 minutes, we're going to talk with Meg McDonald, hosted by The Book. We'll talk some college hoops. We'll also talk some golf. we got the Mexico Open. PJ's been texting me all week. This is his favorite event, he says. Uh, And then we're going to talk with uh, Cam Rogers as well, host over at Stadium. We'll talk some golf with him as well. I got one bet going right now. I ended up talking myself into Penn State. It looks like tonight they're playing in a high school gym, as Scott puts in the chat. They're up right now, 32-29 on Peaches fighting Illini. I grabbed them at 7.5. Let's get into all these games, though. I like this board. So 32-26, Illinois. Duke and Miami are getting underway. I ended up betting Miami, man. Desperation spot. I know they're pretty beat up. I know this has been a letdown of a season for Miami after what we saw last year. But at home, catching 6.5, total 149.5. I did bet the Canes. Anything for you in this one? Uh, yeah, I also took Miami as well. Duke has won four straight. Miami's lost four straight. I mean, this yeah. is the stuff I look for. Sell high on Duke, buy low on the Canes. Three of those four losses for Miami have came away from home. Their one loss at home was to UNC by three points. Horvath, that's all we need tonight. It's a nice little three-point loss to the Dukies. So I think it's a good spot. Miami usually plays Duke well at Coral Gables, I feel like. I feel like it's always a tough place for Duke to play. So uh, I'm on the Canes with you. I also got St. John's going right now. I think Rick Pitino knows what he's doing. I'm really fascinated by this game tonight, right? Like, is St. John's, are there players after that comments? Are they going to be like, screw this guy. The season's over. We're not playing for him anymore. Are they going to rally the troops a little bit? Take those comments personally. Because Pitino took, like, the Saban tactic where he kind of uses, like, the media and how the games go to kind of, like, send a message to his players a little Tino's one of the best to ever do it. Like, the guy knows what he's doing. I think there's a method to his madness. He realized that they should win this game by 30 tonight, and I'm hoping they do. So I laid it with the Johnnies. And then uh, the other game that I took at 7 o'clock was 
Oh no, it was just those two. It was just those two. Miami and uh and then the Johnnies were the two games I took in seven. All right, so we're aligned tonight because I'm with you on the Johnnies. Also, really quick, did you hear um the dude that used to play for him at Iona? Um I retweeted this from Field of 68. Quinn, is it Slazinski that played for him at Iona? He's on uh West Virginia right now, and he was talking about Rick Patino and he told that story about it practice. Like he kept screwing up and Patino told them that he was gonna like chop him up into little pieces and send him back to wherever he came <laughs> from. Like see that. he's a nut man. He's old school, but like that's the thing. Remember like Bobby Knight? I mean, Bobby Knight just ever, but towards the end of his career, it was like, man, like this isn't like the college basketball from the nineteen eighties, the late seventies, even the early nineties. Um Patino is He's a throwback, man. He's crazy. But I'm with you on the Johnnies. I'm with you on Miami. That's the one I'm least confident in. I don't have a game that I love like Creighton last night, which uh, shout out to us for picking that one down on uh, Monday, man. They win that game outright. I did get a little bit nervous when UConn cut it to 10. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about that game coming up later if we've changed our mind on any college basketball futures. There is a market out there right now for um, UConn and for Purdue or the field. I kind of like the field. I'm not going to lie. It's minus 330, but uh, we could talk about that a little bit later on. Miami scares me the most just because no Nigel Pack, just because they haven't been very good this season. Even without Proctor against Florida State this weekend, Jared McCain, the freshman, was awesome, man. He scored 35 points. He had three steals. He had eight threes. I I like Duke come tournament time. I like Duke, and I kind of like Carolina, but I don't trust Duke as much on the road. I just really haven't since John Shire's taken over. Uh, The other one for me, I actually have Clemson uh, against Georgia Tech. Revenge game. Georgia Tech actually beat them earlier this season. But they also shot 50% in that game, 43% from three. And Clemson only shot 29 for uh, 70 in that game, three for 21 from three. I don't see that happening again. I think that's why Clemson was taking some money. Closed as eight-and-a-half-point favorites. I grabbed that at seven-and-a-half. Also in that game uh, where Georgia Tech upset Clemson, Clemson out-rebounded them, plus 14. They won the turnover battle. I don't think there's any chance they're shooting 30% again. So I like Clemson. I'm with you on St. John's. I like Miami. Uh, let's take a look at what else we got coming up. Um, Florida, Auburn. Yeah, I'm sorry, Florida, Alabama. What did you think about that one? Bama's up right now 5-4. It's still a 9.5-point spread. That's your squad. I kind of like Florida because they defend the three-point line, and I think they could rebound with Bama. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, the tide opened up at 8.5. It closed at 9.5. You got two top 25 teams, number 13 against number 24. The metrics love Bama, Ryan. They're like a historic offense. There have only been three offenses since 1999 that, according to Ken Palm, like their their rating has been over 127, and Bama right now is at 127.1. So we're watching a really good offense. They've scored 100 points eight times this season. They're really good at home. Florida's won seven of their last eight games, though. Todd Golden's in his second year at Florida, and what he did this year was he went into the transfer portal, and all their best players are guys that came in from Seton Hall, UC Riverside, Iona, all over the place. So it took them a little bit of time to gel, but their ceiling's really high, man. They beat Kentucky at Rupp a couple weeks ago, so I'm with you. I I like Florida, too. If I had played the game, I would have taken them. I didn't 
end up doing it, though. I told you before the show, I kind of lean towards the first half under in this game. When you get totals that are so high, like this game was at 173.5, I think it presents opportunity to the first half where the total is 83.5. You know how much has to go right for both teams to score like 43 points in a first half? You know what I mean? Especially when you don't have all the free throws at the end of the game and guys aren't in foul trouble and all these sorts of things. So I kind of like that first half under. Right now we're on pace for it. Bama's up 7-4 with 16 minutes to go. That was the way I leaned. I stayed away from it. I'm wondering if maybe this game gives us like a live betting opportunity just because both offenses are so good. They're so quick strike and both could answer. But uh, to answer your question, though, nothing official for me, but I did lean towards that first half under. A couple quick score updates. Illinois now on top of Penn State, 35-34, back to being six-and-a-half-point favorites, 4.15 to go in the first half. Duke up 6-4 on Miami. Bama and uh, Florida tied at nine. Like you said, live total right now, 171-and-a-half. George Mason and Dayton, that was a uh, – that was kind of a – like spooky a, that was a weird one for me stinky. right that was stinky yeah. i mean right now it's seven six dayton george mason actually just tied it there's still two and a half point dogs um i thought that i played george mason i did not i ended up staying away from that one like i said i did play st john's with you they're up nine four on georgetown and then i got a couple more i played the over in DePaul marquette at 149 and a half that's now 150 and a half i think we're gonna get some points in that game and then I played the under uh, in the late night game. We could talk about these later on. UNLV Air Force. I kind of like UNLV actually as six and a half point favorites, but I went under at 133. That's 131 and a half. I still like it. What do you think about Kentucky LSU tonight? Kentucky actually played some defense this weekend. I played them to make the final four plus 550. And then I played them to win the national championship 18 to one. I just like the price because they're the best three point shooting team in the country. They could score. Um, I really like the final four bet, plus 550. Six and a half point favorites on the road against LSU tonight. Total 163 and a half. Anything for you or if you had to do something, would you have a lean? Uh, where would you go in that one? Complete stay away for me. Um, this game just screams sandwich spot for Kentucky. They had the big win against Auburn over the weekend on Saturday. They got Bama upcoming on Saturday. So it's like you you just won at Auburn when college game day was there. Huge game. You got the best team in the SEC coming up at your place. Kentucky's lost three games in a row at home, keep in mind, at Rupp, right? So you know they're looking ahead to that. All they got to do is get by LSU. I saw before we came on the air that line went down from 6.5 to 5.5, so complete stay away from me. Got nervous of that game. Another game I would keep an eye on, maybe if you want an underdog, maybe sprinkle some money line. I think UTSA against South Florida could be pretty interesting. For all the reasons we liked Creighton last night against UConn and fading UConn off of that big win against Marquette. How about South Florida, Ryan? I mean, they had their biggest win since when? Over FAU over the weekend. They're rolling right now. They're like 13-1 in conference play. They've been struggling a little bit on the road this season. They've been winning games, but it's it's kind of been close. I kind of think UTSA hangs around. I could only bet UTSA in that game. So if you want a dog, I think uh, that might be another one to look at. Another game I was conflicted on, huge spread. But this Marquette-DePaul game, something I like betting now that we've gotten to kind of the later part of the regular season in college basketball, these teams that are towards the top of their conference versus the absolute worst teams in their league just screams letdown spots. Tennessee was struggling with Missouri yesterday. They were down by like eight points in the second half before they finally turned it on. Oh, I did too. And Missouri, I mean, they were right there, lost by five. That was a great cover. The only thing that worries me about this game is Marquette just got absolutely 
bulldozed by UConn, right? So I don't know if they're really going to be sleepwalking in this game. This is one of those games where you know you should win by 40, and you kind of want to get some of that rhythm back. Because before that UConn game, they had won seven in a row. They came in red hot. So that one kind of gave me a little bit of pause. My favorite bet of the night, though, is Indiana against Nebraska. Ryan, Nebraska is 0-7 on the road in Big Ten play this season. They have not won a game on the road in Big Ten, and this game's nearly a pick I know Indiana's terrible, but there's no way I can back a team who hasn't won a game on the road in conference play when the spread's one and a half. So give me the Hoosiers. That's probably my favorite bet of the night. Yeah, uh, forgot about that one, actually. I'm on the Hoosiers as well. I also like the over in that game. I'm pretty much, same thing with Penn State tonight. It's not like an auto bet, but I love home teams in the Big Ten, man. 70%. uh, Home teams win in 70% of conference games, which is the second highest rate in the country. It's just like something about the Big Ten home teams. And so I'm with you. I do like Indiana. Tough place to play still, even though, like you said, I mean, they're a 14-win team. Not very good. I also like the over in that game. Um, Like I said, I like the over in the Marquette game. I think they're going to score some points. Also, like, the thing that scares me about them with my futures and just, like, them moving forward is how sloppy they are with the basketball. So uh, there's no chance that I would bet DePaul. I mean, that's a huge spread, but I do think we're going to get some points. Uh, You got anything in the NHL tonight? I know you had a prop, and I was looking at a total. Um, You talked me into this one off the air. Uh, What do you like there? Yeah, I'm going with uh, Connor McDavid tonight to score a goal against the Bruins. Obviously, it's a marquee matchup. This could be a preview of a Stanley Cup final. McDavid hasn't scored in six straight games. Something would tell me the best player on planet Earth is probably due for a goal, especially in a game like this. So, especially a plus money, plus 125, I like McDavid to uh, score a goal tonight. So, that's my play in the NHL. What about you? What do you like? Yeah, well, I told you on that one. Um, I got plus 110 on McDavid. I wanted to get a little greedy, maybe go two goals plus 450, uh, which I still might do. We'll see. We'll see what Penn State's doing at the half is now they're down four all of a sudden. And, uh, yeah, all hell's about to break loose in this one. I think one. I'm going to live bet um, Florida. I got to be honest. I've watched the first 10 minutes of this game. It just it – fe- this game feels so much to me like when Bama played Clemson earlier in the year. The line went from 8.5 to 9.5. Didn't make that much sense. Clemson ended up winning outright. So uh, this is the beauty, Ryan, of doing the show at home. We can just live bet this stuff, and we got a feeling. I think I'm going to – I think I'm going to hop on the Gators right now at uh, plus 8.5. This is the beautiful thing about being home here in Maryland where I could just go on the BetMGM app. I don't have to do any uh, any uh, silly stuff and just and just bet it. I'm going to actually uh, bet the over in, uh, in the Hawks and the Flyers game. What scares me is just the Blackhawks. You know, I mean, like defensively they're a mess, 28th in goals against, but, I mean, they really can't score. I mean, they're 30th in shooting percentage. Counter Bedard's back, which helps out a little bit, but um, I could see, honestly, like Philly scoring four goals themselves. So I'm going to go over six. Got a text message that this is a good bet. So we'll see if my source is right. If not, I am going to uh, probably put that number on block. And I'm also going to be done with the NHL if neither of these hit. So McDavid, anytime go, I'll go with uh, Penn State now all of a sudden falling apart. They're down five. This is kind of what they do. We'll see, though. And then I'm with you. I like Indiana tonight. Uh, We'll talk some NFL. We got to talk about this Justin Fields situation as he goes on the podcast with the St. Brown brothers and kind of talks about why he unfollowed the Bears on Instagram, although he doesn't really give a reason for it. We'll get into that. I mean, we know Justin Fields is gone. It's just now the question is, where is he going? Is it Atlanta? Is it Pittsburgh? There's some rumors. The Raiders. 
Raiders. Also, yeah. we got to talk about the Raiders. Like, what the hell is Antonio Pierce doing? Like, you don't, you, you don't, you don't call out Patrick. You don't, you don't no. piss off the goat. We'll be back. It's BetMGM tonight. Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser, the BetQL Network. Here on a Wednesday night. Now, back to BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. BetMGM Tonight continues. Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser tonight. Nick and Trista with the week off. They'll be back next week enjoying some vacation after the Super Bowl, after our uh, crazy time in Las Vegas where PJ and I were in bed every night by 8.30 p.m. Nick and Trista, though, they were getting wild out there, man, running into management at 4 a.m., we were just studying, Peach. We were just we were being good boys. We were. Uh, right now, college hoops. Uh, St. John's up 23-9 on Georgetown. Uh, 17 and a Love half favorites on the live line. Now 23-11. Uh, 149 and a half is the total. Florida's up 22-20 on Alabama. That total right now, Peach, 172 and a half. Florida seven and a half Oof. point dogs. Duke up 16 to nine on the Canes. They're nine and a half point favorites. And then uh, Penn State who was up double digits early, now trails by seven. It's 48-41 at the half. Illinois, a 10.5-point favorite. Live total, 171.5, and I'm regretting that decision. So uh, we move on, and let's talk now with Meg McDonald. You can follow her on X, Moneyline Meg, by the book host on Monumental Sports Network. Meg, thanks so much for giving us some time tonight. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm also sweating out this St. John's bet, except I have them first half minus five and a half. So uh, we're feeling okay about how things are going to start out this Wednesday evening. Guys, happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, see, I'm a little bit jealous because I actually wish I just got in, got out with the first half. And mm-hmm. I don't want to jinx it. I mean, obviously, we still got like 12 and a half, 13 minutes to go in the first half here. Um, but all right, talk us uh, talk us through it. Why did you end up going with St. John's? Was it the Rick Pitino press conference? You know, obviously a motivated team, or is it just that Georgetown's terrible right now? Well, probably a combination of the two. And I don't want to talk too much smack on the Hoyas because they play inside the building that I am employed by. So any other time, <laughs> except when I'm betting against them, I'm team Georgetown, but not tonight. Yeah, Rick Pitino, what a legend. <laughs> the comments were absolutely iconic. And obviously we're hearing from players in his past that are totally not surprised and actually thought that those comments, the slow laterally, the physically weak calling out certain players, they thought that was pretty vanilla. So I think it's hysterical. But guys, I was a D1 athlete and I was pulled from the starting lineup one time my senior year and all of a sudden, the next time out, I was good again. So it's funny how the mental game works, the ego, the pride really speaks when it comes to 20 year olds, 21 year olds who really care about how people perceive them. And so, yeah, I was on St. John's basically because I thought they had a fire underneath them and they were a little embarrassed. Maybe not the fact that Rick Pitino went in on them and motivated them. I think it was more so of an embarrassment to the national public on Twitter. It was everywhere. So yeah, feeling good about it. Love it. Yeah, hopefully they can cover that first half and the full game spread. Meg, I want to get your thoughts on UConn. After Saturday's game against Marquette, it's like everybody thought they were going to win the Natty. They were going back to back. Like, who could beat this team? And now, after the Creighton game, they look human again. So, where are you on UConn right now? Do you still think they are the team to beat in college hoops? Yes, and I somewhat think they're more dangerous now 
than five days ago because I, I love Shaka Smart. I'm always going to support Shaka Smart as someone who played locally in the state of Virginia, or not played, but coached locally in the state of Virginia. But I don't think Marquette is as good as what we are actually saying. And I don't think rankings really matter, but a top five team in Marquette playing UConn, it was never going to be Marquette. So I think the UConn loss to Creighton has actually probably come at the best time of the year. I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter Dan Hurley tweeting out like the shame video from uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. It's going to be UConn minus a billion come this next Saturday. And I know they're chalk. I know they won a national championship. And I was a little worried after they lost Sonogo and Jordan Hawkins last year. I mean, they were cutting down the nets, but it doesn't really feel like anything changed with Donovan Klingland and Caravan back. So yeah, it's UConn. I know it's chalky, but I think them coming off a loss this time of the year is absolutely perfect. They're not going to be fat and happy anymore after the Marquette win. Get a loss, humble the guys right before March, chef's kiss. I mean, that's great coaching out of Dan Hurley. I actually wanted to ask you about Marquette. I, before the season, did play some Marquette Futures. I'm also a big Shaka guy. Lived in Milwaukee for a couple of years and kind of fell in love with the team. Was really happy. I, like It was time for Steve Wojciechowski to go since he never won yeah. an NCAA tournament game there. And I love Shaka. Uh, he didn't get it done at Texas, but I mean, the expectations are always really high there. I think he's still a really good coach. I like this team, but... When they step up in class, I get a little bit nervous after what we saw against UConn when they got clubbed by 30-plus points. What do you think about Marquette, though, in a bounce-back spot back home tonight? They're 27.5-point favorites, but it's against DePaul, who's 3-22 and this season. Yeah, against good teams, I'm not so sure about Marquette. Against bad teams, if not the worst team in what feels like a power conference, this is the best spot for Marquette. I actually laid the points earlier today. I got the number at 25 and a half. Hopefully it doesn't matter, right? Hopefully it's a no sweat that they get this easy win on their home floor. The Big East is so funny, though. Doesn't it feel like any given night there can be upsets, there can be blowouts? I mean, we know... Yeah. This Marquette team is run through Tyler Kolick. If Tyler Kolick has a big night, then we're good to go. But DePaul, when you think about this team, they're so bad. They are dead last in what feels like every single category inside this conference. The only thing they're like somewhat good at is getting to the line. So if you're willing to take that many points, which is a lot of points, obviously, in conference play because one team gets to the line, then so be it. But I already laid the 25 and a half. If you're not interested in laying 25 and a half, obviously a first half bet minus 15, you could always fade DePaul even more and take like a team total under 62 and a half. But I already laid the 25 and a half and we are... We're going to get it done. I have a good feeling coming off the loss. Again, similar to UConn, they've been humbled. I don't think they're as good as UConn. Obviously, we just saw them get worked over the weekend. Yeah. But I think coming up against a really bad team, the worst team in the conference, this is a perfect spot for Shaka Smart in this squad. Now, Meg, I see here that you are an Iowa State alum, and your your team, you got a squad this year in college yeah. hoops. What do you think is the ceiling for the Cyclones? You think they can win the whole thing? Is it making the Final Four, making the second weekend? Like, you've obviously watched them play a ton this year. What do you think the ceiling for Iowa State is? Yeah, it's so funny because now that everyone seems to be liking the Cyclones, I'm getting really nervous, right? Like, I'm just good being behind the scenes. No one really cares about us. I mean, we have made a little bit of a run. We went, you know, went to the Sweet 16 in the last couple years, and that was a surprise with TJ Otzelberger as the head ball coach. But I'm getting nervous because now Iowa State feels like the trendy pick. 
Iowa State is the team that people go down the odds board and they're like, oh, it's a little bit further than Houston and Purdue and UConn, and now I'm going to be the original better and the original handicapper taking the Cyclones because they play good defense. So I get nervous, and it's so funny, guys. I vowed on my show that one of my betting New Year's resolutions was to not bet Iowa State in terms of having a future on them. So of course, in that moment, they were 80 to one. Now they're down to like 22 to one because they're excellent. And it's not just the defense because we know Iowa State is gonna show up with effort under head coach TJ Otzelberger and defense travels. And we love defense when it comes to March Madness and the big dance, but they kind of have an offense this year, which is, not something I'm accustomed to seeing. And it all starts with Taman Lipsy. The guard play is elite. If he's playing well, then the Iowa State offense is playing well. And it's not just him. That freshman, Momchilovich, like that dude's huge. And it's he seems fearless, right? That really close game versus Baylor. He had a buzzer three that didn't get off by the min- the most minimal second I could even think of. So I think he's fearless. Sometimes when it comes to true freshmen, you don't know what you don't know. And sometimes that can be a positive thing when it comes to the playoffs. So I love Iowa State. Unfortunately, did not bet them because I vowed not to stop basically wasting my money on them every single year, guys. I bet them football futures, basketball futures. And now, of course, the one year I don't bet them, they're actually going to be cutting down the, the nets come April. <laughs> No, I have the same issue. I love them this year, though. They got four guys that could score in double figures. Me They're too. really good defensively. I have the same issue in football. Like, I'm in love with Matt Campbell. Like, the Brock Purdy, Brees yeah. Hall era, I, I oh. lost so much money on them. Like, I was betting them to win the national championship. I was a little tech. <laughs> I, we've got, I haven't hit a golf outright in, like, 13 months, so I do want to get your thoughts there. But really quick, um, anything for you in LSU, Kentucky tonight? Because I really like this Kentucky team offensively. You never know what you're going to get on the defensive end. They're six-point favorites, six-and-a-half in some spots. Uh, the total's 163-and-a-half. Any look for you here? Yeah, it's so interesting. Both teams coming off massive, massive wins over the weekend and both on the road. So Kentucky beating Auburn on the road, I did not ex- I did not see that coming because that Auburn home court, what Bruce Pearl has done to Auburn to get those fans rallied around them has been awesome to watch. And obviously they haven't really lost in a hot minute uh, on their home floor. So Kentucky massive win. Of course, they finally learned how to play defense, which that was surprising in and of itself, considering I was on the over that game. So kind of got burned with that. And then LSU coming off that massive win on the road versus South Carolina. Now both teams doing it without some of their guys. We didn't see Trey Mitchell on the floor with Kentucky. We also didn't see LSU's leading scorer or yeah, leading scorer in Jalen Cook for that win over South Carolina. So I'm okay if Trey Mitchell doesn't play because I love LSU getting points on their home floor, but I need Jalen Cook to see the floor. I really do think that it's impactful. Yes, the win over the weekend was great without him, but can they do it in back-to-back games? I'm not so sure. So definitely monitor the status. I do believe he is a game-time decision. I haven't seen an update on whether or not he's going to go or not. If Jalen Cook is ready to go tonight, I love LSU catching six, six and a half points versus Kentucky. I'm still not sold yet on Calipari, who also went to the NBA All-Star game. So maybe, you know, took a couple days off, lost some minutes with his team. I'd love the Tigers to get it done tonight. 
Yeah, it's a good point. It's also a sandwich spot for Kentucky, too. Auburn on Saturday. They got Bama upcoming, so it could be an interesting spot. Meg, before we do get to golf, I want to get your thoughts on Purdue. I have a saying. I per-don't with Purdue, like, ever. I will never trust them in the tournament. I'm good with Matt Painter. I'm not going to bet them. It feels like everybody kind of knows what they're going to do with Purdue, right? Like, you you kind of just already know. We know this team's good, but can you trust them in March? So are you going to have any money invested in them? when we get to tournament time? I haven't quite decided yet. I don't have any investments on Purdue right now. And full disclosure, if Purdue was going to finally get over the hump and Matt Painter could win a championship, I really thought it would have been two years ago. And not just because Zach Eady was playing for them at that point. I loved Jaden Ivey. I was such a fan of his game. And I just thought he respected the game so much. He never took a night off. He was always playing hard. Pair that with big man Edie. I thought they were unstoppable until they weren't, of course. So I think Purdue is still a wagon. I haven't decided yet, only in the sense because Matt Painter knows he can't have Edie forever. So if this is going to be Zach Edie's final year, they have to do it this year, right? So I I haven't decided. I go back and forth on whether or not I like Purdue in the tournament, but if they're going to lose to a team like Fairleigh Dickinson in the first round like they did last year, no thank you. So haven't decided. I know that's not the answer you guys want on a betting show, but I'm still I'm still torn about the Boilermakers. Yeah, there's not really a future that I like in college basketball, to be honest. I'm just going to like see what we get when we get to the tournament and uh, see what we get when we get to the conference tournaments. All yeah. right, we got about two minutes for the Mexico Open, which with all due respect to the Mexico Open, that's probably all we need here. Tony Finau... <laughs> Eight to one is the favorite. Anything for you this weekend? Are you taking it easy or uh, anything on your card for the weekend? Yeah, I got two top 40s and two outrights. So somewhat of a lighter weekend because who the heck is even playing in this tournament, right? Tony Finau versus the field. So basically this tournament favors the long ball, the big hitters, but it's not just off the tee driving. I don't think the accuracy totally matters, but I also love those long irons, those five irons mix in a hybrid of five wood as well. 200 yards out for a pro- approach play is basically the wheelhouse. So it's not just driving the ball well, it's also really long approach play. So I have two top 40s, one on Joseph Bramlett at plus money. His average driving distance is over 300 yards, ranked 18th on tour. That's all I have to say. Finished T10th in this tournament last year. And then Parker Cootie, who is 100 to 1 outright, but top 40, he's plus 138th in driving distance, 18th in approach over 200 yards. He went to Texas. I covered Oklahoma for five years back in my day and watched his game up in person, and this dude can hit it. So I like him to be able to finish in the top 40. And then my two outrights, Eric Van Royen at 33-1, to and then also Mav McNeely at 50-1. to Obviously, shop around, get the best of the number before we get this thing going in the morning. But we saw EVR win in Mexico in November in a course that was somewhat similar to this. And I think he's one of the best overall mid to long iron players coming off a missed cut at the Phoenix Open. But before that three out of his last four events, he had a top 25 finish. And then Mav McMeely, longer shots, had a shoulder injury last year. So kind of took a dip in his game, but he's coming on strong right now. The Waste Management Phoenix Open, he had a, a sixth place finish. And I think he's has a better distance off the tee than what we give him credit for. So couple plays, nothing too crazy, but what do we do without football? So yeah, I like a, I like a nice sweat come Sundays from here on out to, in the PGA. 
I've been really cold in golf for about like 14 to 15 months and I'm on uh, Mad McNeely top 20. So I hope I don't mush that for you. Oh, Meg, great. thanks so much. We got to have you on again soon. Thanks for getting us some time tonight. Yeah, good luck thanks, guys. Meg. Thanks for having me. Meg McDonald by the book host. Check her out on Monumental Sports Network. Peach, we're going to take a quick break. I'm thinking about doing something crazy, making a bet that's minus 330. I'll tell you about that. Bet MGM the night continues. Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser, BetQL Network next. Blue Jays have never flown higher for the first time in program history. They've beaten number one. We did a bad job coaching tonight. We we did a, our players did a bad job playing. I did a bad job coaching. Yeah, and your your huddles aren't going to be super energized when you're in. You haven't lost in two plus months. This doesn't happen to us very often. So yeah, I mean we were definitely stunned. Um, this wasn't the game we expected. We, ex we knew this was a dangerous game and a quality opponent and one of the better teams in the country. But we didn't expect this to happen. We're back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Fox Sports 1 right there on the call, and then that right there was Dan Hurley, who was all fired up after that oh, game. That was not the I performance just... he expected, but it was the performance Brian, we expected. Brian, can I just say... What gets me what gets me going about Hurley every time is the yeah. psycho that he is during a game and how quiet he is when he talks like to the media and like does interviews. Like have you ever noticed that? How like quiet he is and like reserved and then you watch him coach a basketball game and it's like just an absolute psychopath for 2 hours. Dude, if I could hang out in like just talk hoops with one family for 24 hours, it would be so intense but it would be the Hurley family. I grew up, everybody hated Duke. I loved Duke. And I liked Christian Leitner, but I loved Bobby Hurley, man, because he was like the tough point guard, wasn't the biggest guy. He made you feel like you could play college hoops, you know what I mean, if you had court vision and some handles. And uh, he was tough. But his brother is an absolute psychopath. Did you see the video? Did he threaten to punch a kid in the face? Did he say yeah. he would like knock a kid out? Yeah, and then at the press conference, like you said, speak so quietly but their dad was you know a high school basketball coach a legend and um yeah man he's very intense i kind of like it though I, I like characters in college basketball he's definitely one um i keep looking up 61 49 illini uh also do we even want to talk about miami no let's get to we the don't. scores we'll We'll get to the scores really quick. We'll yeah, give the people ahead. what they want. Also, shout out uh, Meg McDonald, who just jumped on for Monumental. She is uh, awesome. Uh, I'm with this her was. on Mavs this week. I got top 20, uh, better than two to one odds. Right now, Illinois, as I said, 61-49 over Penn State. Hate to see it. 12.5 point favorites on the live line. Duke up 35-18 to 18 on Miami. 17.5 point favorites on the live line. Not good. Florida Peach up 37-32 on the Tide. Uh, three and a half point dogs still. George Mason down six at home against Dayton, 31 25. St. John's, ooh, not what I want to see now. 39 32 all of a sudden. I know. Meg, sweat, Meg sweating out her first half, five and a half all of a sudden. They were up by like 17 like two minutes ago. That That's a bad. If, is, if, if she loses that, that's a bad beat. That's a bad this might game. be one of those. This might be one of those nights. Like last Zoom. night, I felt so good about Creighton, and I felt so good about Wisconsin on the money line, like a Creighton Wisconsin money line parlay. Once it got to seven and a half, even at the Kohl Center, 
you know, I had to take it, but I thought it was a little inflated. But tonight, there was stuff I liked, but nothing really I loved. And uh, my biggest bet, unfortunately, is Penn State. And they had a 10-point lead, and now they're down 12. So we're just going to uh, we're gonna move on. We're going to move on. Now, UConn goes down last night. Um, do you think, like, well, first things first, over the weekend when they blew out Marquette, I felt like there was this huge overreaction, you know, Agreed. to where it was Purdue or it's UConn or it's the field. And there's bets. There's markets for that right now. It's minus 330 to take the field. 3K limits. I kind of want to take 3K and take the field, Peach. I like. I know these are the two best teams in college basketball, but with the transfer portal, with NIL, you know what I mean? Like These tournaments are going to get crazier and crazier every single year. If you're giving me, you know... Every single team in the country outside of Purdue and UConn. I know how good UConn is, but the case against UConn is how hard is it to repeat in college basketball, in today's really college hard. basketball, right? Like this isn't the early 90s when guys stuck around for four to five years. And yeah. then the case against Purdue is I can never make the case for Purdue or Matt Painter. I completely agree with Meg. I, I bought into Purdue the year with Jaden Ivey and with Edie because I love Jaden Ivey. I thought he was Derek Rose light. I may have been wrong there. But I would have to take the field, man. Am I crazy? And it's not an overreaction because UConn lost the regular season game. I think Creighton's a good team. But there's a lot of good teams. I like Kentucky. I like Bama. I like a lot of these teams in the SEC. It's hard for me to trust any Big Ten teams. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, oh, I would definitely take the field. If I had to make a pick, I wouldn't feel great about laying minus 330, though, just because, to me, UConn is the team to beat. But essentially, I think in this bet, I think – I'm just so down on Purdue, right? How, look, I mean, maybe Matt Painter and the Boilermakers get it done this year, right? I mean, I was talking about this with Ken Barkley yesterday. Like, everybody's going to compare this Purdue team to Virginia, right? And, like, Tony Bennett is so bad in the tournament, but he had that one year when he won it all. Think about everything that had to go right for Virginia, though, that year for them to win it, right? Oddly enough, they played Purdue in the Elite Eight. Remember that game where Carson Edwards, like, couldn't miss? He was insane. That free throw gets tipped back, and then Diabate hits it in to send it to overtime. Then in the Final Four, you have Kyle Guy getting fouled on a three-pointer, makes all his free throws. They win that game. DeAndre Hunter hits a three in the title game against Texas Tech. 18 seconds left. They win an OT. Like, they just had Team of Destiny vibes. They got all those breaks that normally you never get. And maybe Purdue is the team of destiny. How can I trust a coach that has lost to a 16 seed, a 15 seed, a 13 seed, a 12 seed? Like, this is an exaggeration. Like, he has lost to all of those seeds. And, you know, you mention it, right? Like, I think the year to back him was with Jaden Ivey, was with Carson Edwards when he had pro guards. Like, Fletcher Lawyer, Braden Smith, I mean, they're nice college players. They're still only sophomores, by the way. It's not like they're seniors. So... Really, when you make a bet like this, I think it's UConn against the field, essentially. I just I can't get there with Purdue. I'd never lay a minus 330 bet, though, in March Madness because, obviously, absolutely nothing is guaranteed when everything is a one-and-done game. Um, but I, I certainly would not bet UConn and Purdue plus 260. No chance. See, I feel like Purdue just, I mean, like, not only because it's Purdue. Like, let's just take away, like, Purdue historically chokes in the NCAA tournament, and let's take away, like, the Matt Painter aspect. But it's just like, you look at the Midwest bracket right now, at least what Lenardi has, and you have Tennessee in that bracket. You're pretty high on Tennessee. You have, like, some sneaky teams, like Utah State, big win last night. Um, 
I don't like trust Nebraska, but you have St. Mary's potentially, you have Kentucky, you have Texas. I don't know. I feel better about UConn in the East just because it's North Carolina, but then after that it's, you know, Iowa State, Auburn, Wisconsin, TCU. I would have to go the field though. I mean, I like Arizona, I like Houston, I like Kentucky, like we said, I like Alabama, I like Duke, like Duke a lot more at home. I, I hate Duke right now because they're beating the living hell out of Miami. And I also hate Illinois right now. And then you, you know, you even feel good about some of these teams like Illinois. I just, it's, I feel like both of these teams are going to get clipped. I would have to go with the field. Um, like you said, minus 330. That's the, that's the other part about this though. I don't think you're going to get a better price than minus 330. Like, you know what I mean? I, I don't, I don't think unless you're, unless you're going to find like an odds boost to take the field or something like that. I think yeah, minus 330 is about fair. Um, all right, really quick on that. So UConn goes down last night. Shout out to our main man, Stephen Asworth, who scored 16 of his 20 points in the first half. He also had seven boards, and it was Creighton beating UConn 85-66. UConn was on a 14-game winning streak. Creighton, all of a sudden, though, they've won four straight. I believe they've won, what, eight out of their last 11? And they're good, man, because they're really good offensively, but they're also top 25 defensively. I'm not overreacting. UConn's still 24-3, and 14-2 in conference play. What other spot will you fade them in? All right, coming up, they got Villanova. Um, actually, let me ask you this: in three, in next week, Marquette. What would you do there? Would you take Marquette after what you saw in the rematch, like revenge game, bounce back spot, or would you just bet UConn again? I mean, that game was never even in question, man. And I like this Marquette team, but UConn just looked like they were on another level. I think they're going to be like pissed off and motivated the rest of the way now. Is there a spot where you would? you would fade them the rest of the way now? You know what's insane? Did you realize that after that loss last night, UConn has lost 21 straight games on the road to ranked to teams? Rank team. did, you see, did you see that stat? Yeah. When you when you see something like that, and it becomes public knowledge, and then everybody's going to make note of it, when UConn goes on the road to play Marquette, who's going to be ranked, does that like scare you? Does that not affect you? Because that kind of scares me. That... Obviously, yeah. UConn blew them out the first time. And then, obviously, now that trend, and people are going to lean towards Marquette in a revenge spot. And I'm just like, God. I mean, now UConn – because we didn't hear about that stat at all going into the Creighton game. Like, not even – I didn't see it one time. Nobody – because everybody thought UConn would win after that performance against No, Marquette. we already crowned them national champions because they blew out Marquette at home. <laughs> exactly. So now that they lost, then all of a sudden this stat comes out that they've lost 21 straight against ranked teams on the road, and you're like, UConn? Like, how is – DePaul, I can see. UConn? How is that possible? So, I don't know, man. That Marquette game's going to be real interesting. What do you think the spread is in that game in Marquette? So, let's see, 22 – so it's it closed at seven pick. and a, it's closed at seven and a half at UConn, correct? I took Marquette. Yeah, yeah seven and a half. Right? Probably going to be a pick. It's probably going to be a pick. My guess would be. I would yeah, think. UConn like two and a half, three point favorites. They'll still probably be slight favorites. I don't. I think you know, I you know like what I mean? UConn. I think I like UConn Horvat. I think I do. I think I take. No, them. me too. Yeah, me too, man. Because like you said, everybody will be worried because right now they're seventh in the country, and I don't. I don't think there's going to be much of a slip for Marquette. I mean, they're 27 and a half point favorites against DePaul, who hasn't been relevant <laughs> yeah. since Rod Strickland was running the point when my dad was in college. So I don't think they have anything to worry about tonight. So, yeah, I think that'll be a really good spot. 
and they crushed him, man. And, like, that's the thing with Marquette. Like, I like Marquette against these mid-tier teams or even, like, some of these other – like, most of the teams in the Big East, I think they do match up well. But sometimes they're just out of control. Like, I like Kolek, but he's, he gets out of control with the basketball. All right, what do you think is the safest bet out of these top teams to make the Final Four? UConn's minus 110, Purdue plus 150, Houston plus 210, Zona plus 240. If you had to go chalk really quick, who would you take? I mean, it's still UConn. It's still UConn for me. Can't get there with Purdue. Houston feels like the same old Houston. And Arizona is an interesting team, but it's still UConn for me. See, this is the thing. You can't get too up about wins, and you can't get too down about losses. It happens. UConn's still the best team. Cam Rogers next, BetMGM the night.